Elizabeth and Zechariah were godly people. She had just read the scripture. And yet the stigma of not having children was such a huge thing in that society. It was socially and economically a very big thing because children were expected to take care of their parents in their old age. And socially, it was just very, very difficult to be a woman who was barren. It was usually considered that that was to be the fault of the woman, which, of course, is incredibly fair, um, and, and probably as a result of sin. So you get the implication. Um, Jewish teachers at that time insisted on divorce if women could not bear children so that the man could continue his lineage and yet Elizabeth and Zechariah were still together. They lived in a time of waiting. You ever been in that place? Zechariah had once, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to offer incense in the temple. There were so many priests, and it fell, fell to him by lot that he would go in and, and offer the incense. And he saw an angel. Now, I don't know if you've seen an angel. Um, I have not. But I can't imagine just, number one, being in the temple, and number two, you see an angel. So I'm guessing it was uh, something he remembered all of his life. There had been roughly 400 years between the, the time that God gave a word to the prophets, the last word of the Lord, spoken word of the Lord, to the prophets, and the time that the angel spoke to Zechariah in the temple. 400 years. That's more than our country has been around, right? Y'all doing the math? Did y'all take American history? Um, imagine that. Because they had so grieved, I think, the presence of God. There was 400 years when there was no spoken word, nothing that is recorded. And the angel came and spoke to Zechariah. And he said that they would have a son. Told him to name him John. And that he would prepare the way for the Messiah. Can you imagine what it would be like to hear that? Can you imagine Zechariah, number one, being pretty, you know, overwhelmed at being in the temple and offering the incense. And then he, hear, then he sees an angel who is talking to him and says he will bear a, they will bear a son. And Elizabeth is elderly, Zechariah is elderly, and she is barren. Incredible news. So how do you do that? How do you prepare the way for the Lord? How do we do that? We prepare so many things. I don't know if you're a list maker. Some of you are list makers and you love checking off, you know, things that you need to do that day, things you have to prepare for. Many of you prepared Thanksgiving dinner, yes? And it takes preparation, right? It's more than opening a can, right? Some of you are preparing for finals, or hopefully so, right? Sorry to bring up a sore subject, but, you know, school does happen, right? We prepare for work. There are things that we have to do to prepare. We prepare our children to be adults, that they might be able to live on their own. How do we prepare the way of the Lord? How do we prepare our hearts for him? 
I think primarily we prepare our hearts by spending time with the one that made your heart. And I think that means, I mean, very basic stuff, but I think that means Bible study and prayer. I think it means daily devotions. I think it means spending time with him when everything else in your life clamors. I'm really talking. Um, Are we good? Um, Daily scripture, daily prayer. If you're struggling, and we have all struggled, if you're struggling this day, then the most important thing you can do is spend the time with the one that brings peace. If life is in turmoil, the most important thing you can do is spend time with the one that, that on the, the Sea of Galilee said, peace be still. Everything else in our world will clamor and say, do this if you need rest or do that if you need rest, but spending time with God is the most important time you can spend. How are we ever supposed to have strength if we don't spend time with the one who is all-powerful? There's just no way. doesn't matter how many times you go to the gym. There's just no way. How do we prepare the way of the Lord? I think it's by receiving all that he has for us. I'm a little concerned about lightning. Um, (laughs) The angel told Zechariah that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit before his birth. That's That's kind of a big thing. Elizabeth and Zechariah were both filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. I don't think we ever understand how much God has for us. And it's not God that's limited. We limit God. I, at least, have limited God in not really receiving all that he has for us. And I'm not talking about money, although he is provider. But I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about receiving his faithfulness, believing that his word is true. God has so much more for us. Sometimes my receiver is broken. And our power is not the internet. Can I get an amen? I was at Nancy Butt's house last night. She said she'd say amen at some point in the service, so I'm waiting, Nancy. God has so much more love for us than we can ever imagine, ever Romans 8 talks about how deep and how wide is the love of God. And sometimes we're in such a place, it is just hard to even think about it, much less receive it. So I would ask you, you know, how is your heart today? Christmas can be a busy time. And a lot of times we can't even begin to understand all that God has for us. Years ago, I was praying with a missionary woman who had traveled the world and had been to places like Burma, I mean, places where Christians are killed, basically, and she had gone in faithfully to minister to people. Amazing woman 
served in Thailand and many other places as well, and she was struggling with just, she was just exhausted, and she was struggling. And I said to her that I felt like God was just trying to pour out his love, pour out his care, pour out his bounty. And, and we only get a glimpse of that, right? I mean, it's like, it's hard for us to even imagine his love for us, his care for us, how he watches over us. I said to her, this is from the church nursery. I will return it. I was halfway here when I forgot to bring a teacup. This is a teacup. (laughs) Probably holds two ounces. I was going for eight ounces. I said, I feel like you're holding up a teacup. And God wants to fill your swimming pool. Oh, my goodness. His love is so much more than we can even begin to imagine. He knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly what's going on. And it matters. And when we are doing, going through difficult times, the most important thing to do is call on his name. There's no other name. There's no other name. Now, for those of you that like to do math, I have a thing for you. Um, I'm thinking about a teacup being eight ounces, right? Roughly. And so, I mean, you can have more, you can have less. This would be very much less. But, and a swimming pool. Now, I don't own a swimming pool. Um, But I Googled it. Y'all know the answer to everything besides Jesus is Googling it. And so, a small swimming pool holds roughly, now shout me down if you have a swimming pool and you know, because I'm totally, but I googled it and they showed three different sizes, small, medium, and large. And so I went with small and they said a small swimming pool holds about 10,800 gallons of water. So 11,000 gallons of water. Can we go there? All righty. Engineers in here are just loving this, right? So 11,000 gallons of water And in a gallon is 128 ounces, right? And so 8 ounces into 128 is 16. Christy White has the the math in her head going on. Do you have a calculator out? I think she has a calculator out. She kind of, anyway. So 16 gallons, 16 cups in a gallon. Okay, so 16 times 11,000. And we hold up this. And God is saying, I have so much more for you. And it's not about everything in our world going right, because, friends, that just doesn't happen. I would love to say it does, but it doesn't. But he can use you, and he can use me, to be a part of preparing the way for the Lord. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, and this is the beginning of Advent, and Advent goes from December 1st to December 24th, and it's really the first holiday that's celebrated in the Christian year, Um, and so, and it means the arrival of a notable person or thing or event. Specifically, it means coming. We remember the birth of Jesus, but what we need to remember more than that is that he is coming again.
And so when we celebrate his birth, we're also saying, come Lord Jesus. Even as the people that walked in darkness saw a great light, can you imagine living in a land that was dominated by other world powers? I mean, they weren't on the victory lap. They were being dominated by other world powers. And the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Can you imagine what that was like? While their circumstances didn't change, everything changed. And Elizabeth lived all her adult years under this stigma of being called barren. And I would just suggest to you that an encounter with God changes your identity. And you go from from being broken and in bondage to walking in life. I read many translations about when the angel was talking to Mary about that she'd bear a son and, you know, all of that. And he said, he said to her, for she who was called barren is now six months with child. She who was called barren, that was her identity, is now six months, six months with child. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So for all of us, I think we have to, including me, I think we have to shift our thinking. I I think we have to see it from God's perspective and not from our problems. I don't know about you, but if I focus on the problems, I'm toast. But if I can try to focus on God, and it's hard. It's hard when things are hard to, to look to God and say, I trust you. But is there any other way to really be? I mean, people choose that all the time. But for believers, for those who love his name, Elizabeth's identity was changed forever. Forever. Advent is a time of expectant waiting and preparation. And that's why the birth of Jesus was such a big deal in so many ways that we don't really even begin to comprehend. And we have made it into something that is so contrary, I think, to what God intended. We all will have times in our lives where there is waiting. Paul said in Galatians 4, but in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a virgin, born under the law, in the fullness of time. So if you're in a waiting time, I encourage you to know that God knows where you are. He knows where we are. And he is with us. Emmanuel means God with us. The last line that she says in the, in the video was, he would never leave us alone again. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. I mean, does that give you comfort? That you're not alone. Even when it may feel alone, you are not alone. The truth of scripture is, you are not alone. 
It's not based on your feeling or your circumstance, but God is with you. Will you receive him? Because sometimes out of our pain, we, we just hold him off. Or we just think, well, that works for everybody else, but not for me. I cannot tell you across the years how many people I have talked to that have said, well, of course God loves so-and-so and so-and-so. I mean, they're cool, but he doesn't love me. I can't tell you how many people think that. And yet, God loves us all. And he gives us the choice to love him back. And that's true love. True love is not being a robot. True love is being able to choose to love back. And how do we live that way? I encourage us all that we would seriously consider how do we prepare the way of the Lord. We know that he will return one day. And we are about to do communion in just a few minutes. And I think sometimes we so, it's, it's easy to just kind of get into the thing of we're doing communion. I've even heard people say, certainly not at this church, but I've even, I've even heard people say, well, I don't go on communion Sunday because it's just longer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> See, it symbolizes what he did on the cross. And with that, we have the opportunity for salvation. Oh my goodness, the bread and the cup, it is so much more than just something we can down real fast or your kids embarrass you by sticking their tongue into the little cup trying to get the last, not that I've ever seen that. But, and I get it, and it's fine. I just hope the cup doesn't break, you know, and cut their tongue or whatever. I realize now every child will come here and, anyway, sorry. I apologize in advance. Do you remember a year ago? Or have you had healing of memories? Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. Do you remember a year ago? Do you remember Advent a year ago? Do you remember the uncertainty about the big Methodist church? And our church, and who the pastor would be. Do y'all remember? I know you've slept since then, but we remember, right? And we prayed. And that's not about us, it's about God. It's not about us, it's about what God did. What God did. We prayed and we met, and amazing things happened. Amazing things happened. I tell John all the time, I'm so glad he's here. I'm sure he's tired of hearing it. But I'm so glad he's here. Do you realize how different it could have been? Makes you want to cry out in the night, right? Just kidding. So may we be faithful in what God is doing in our midst. May we be willing to dream his dreams Will we think swimming pool rather than teacup from the church nursery that holds almost nothing? Will we trust him and listen to him and do what he wants us to do? I don't say this lightly, and I'm not trying to say John is Jesus. Let's make that clear. 
But that was a joke and nobody laughed at all. <laughs> but I feel for this church and I have felt for some time that this is kind of like in the fullness of time. And oh my goodness, may we be faithful to what God wants to do here. May we cast aside any fear we might have or concern we might have. And may we be faithful to what he wants to do. We all know if it's our plans, that's a problem, right? If they're his plans, it will be different. We only have a glimpse of his glory. We only have a glimpse. But oh my goodness, so many people are walking in darkness, right? They are next to you in cars as you wait at a light, and I'm sure you're very happy to be in traffic, right? I mean, you know, people are all around us, and they need the Lord. May we be faithful. As we prepare our hearts for communion, a couple of thoughts. That whatever you may be going through, whether it may be wonderful or whether it may be difficult, we are invited to a table And someday, in the liturgy, it says we will feast at a heavenly banquet. There will be a gathering of the saints when Jesus returns, and we will feast at his table. And today, he invites you to this table, and we are reminded of what he did on the cross. That we might have forgiveness, that we might have healing, that there is redemption and restoration Oh my goodness, how incredible is the love of God and how great is his love for us that even while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. So as we prepare for communion, may we focus on him And let him be the focus of this season. Let him be the focus of this year. Let him be the focus. When I get my eyes on other things, it usually doesn't go so well. When I focus on him, it's very different.